Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a football Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours to talk a whole lot of football with you. Appreciate you uh, tuning in here this morning. Uh, on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, it looks like this. We will start in about 15 minutes uh, with Bama Bob. And Bama Bob, along with Trent and I, will go around college football from a national perspective. Going to opine probably on seven or eight games. Really good week, I think, in uh, in college football with some marquee games, as, as one would expect as we move into conference play. Sad for those of us who like to watch the Pac-12. There's some, especially one big game. I mean, Oregon State hosting USC, but it's Pac-12 Network. Uh, but that's what got them in this trouble to begin with, at least part of it, right? Uh, so we will talk to Bama Bob coming up here in 15 minutes. Chris Williams uh, from Iowa Everywhere and, of course, Cyclone Fanatic. He will opine on Iowa State Baylor, a big, big spot for for both schools. The Clones try to move to 4-0, and and if they do, and if Kansas takes care of business against Duke, and they're favored to do so, dare we say that uh, that Lawrence streak of no game day may come to an end. Wouldn't that be something? Iowa State, Kansas, unbeaten next week. Everybody had that. Yeah, of course. That's an easy one, right? Knew. Yeah. Undefeated versus undefeated. Yeah, we all knew that was coming. Nailed it. Uh, so uh, we will watch that, obviously, and uh, with that uh, as part of the uh, watching uh, thought process. That's the first hour of the program. Kicking off our number two, Mike Palm from Las Vegas will be here. Look forward to catching up with Mike Palm, of course, the VP of Circus Sports. He'll join us at 11.05. And then uh, Tom Cakert from HawkeyeReport.com chimes in as the Hawks get set to take on Rutgers. Point spread now, or over under now, 30, what is it, 34 and a half? It hasn't moved this morning. I haven't checked yet this morning to see uh, if there's been any more movement on it. But yeah, it's been hovering around. Got to 33 and a half at a couple of shops. I saw it did bump back up to 34 at a couple of places, at least as of yesterday. So a little bit of movement there. I don't think we're going to get below that, right? We're not going to get into the all-time territory. I wouldn't think. It looks like the buyback is that 33 and a half when it gets there. That's when you're seeing some of the buyback inside the market right now. But uh, currently, let's see, across the board, Circa has it at 34, 33 and a half at South Point, 34 at DraftKings. There's a 34 and a half out there at Caesars. So, yeah, 33 and a half is the smallest you can find. 34 and a half is the highest currently. Uh, well, uh, there were some folks that were glued to their TV sets at the end of the uh, NFL game last night. Uh, Pitt and Cleveland, all-timer for a bad beat, right? I mean, just the, the, the way that it happened, trying to uh, lateral the ball around, trying to make a play. They were cl- too close. I mean, you could almost see it coming, could you not? The way they, the, the end of the oh, field no doubt, that they yeah. were in, uh, you knew that they were probably going to have to um, you know, get to that point where they're trying to lateral it and the band is on the field type of thing. You don't see it very often. Uh, and we certainly didn't see it last night. But for folks who had the under, oh, my God, what an awful beat. What a terrible beat. Just awful. Now, it's adjusted point totals, right? That's kind of the biggest one. If you had a teaser leg, though, that one stings. That one really stings. If you're starting off a teaser, you think you got it right, this one's in the bag, and then you lose on that one, and you rip up your ticket because uh. 
The rest doesn't matter after that. One. What did you think of the game? Did you watch mo- any most of it? Some of it? Watched it again, and kind of the same problem as last week. We we're upstairs with the upstairs TV. The Wi-Fi just is not it's as good up there. Jumpy, isn't it? Yeah, it, 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 it almost makes me feel like I've got a little vertigo type of thing. <laughs> sure, because uh, I mean, all of a sudden it's it's fine, and it's not it's not a pronounced. I don't know what you'd call it. Um, jumping around, it's just kind of. There yeah. and you can just tell is that is that my eyes or is that something going on in the set? But you got a new router. I did yeah. got a new router. Thank you uh, to everybody that heard my pleas yesterday <laughs> uh, and came through. Uh, but it's a good watch. I mean, I yeah. do like the Amazon. I, I I like the broadcast from start to finish. I like the crew that they've got on set. They've uh, certainly. Uh, as you would expect, invested a whole lot of resources and money into this thing and yes. to try to make it uh, as close to um, uh, what we're used to as possible. And I think they've done a good job. Overall, I really do. yeah, there, I don't think there's a whole lot that you can complain about. It's kind of a, a you problem. If you have a problem with your mm-hmm. internet, that's and, – and we saw the numbers yesterday, and we didn't get into them at all. They came out from last week's broadcast. They were great. Especially the younger demographic, as you would yeah. anticipate. Right. That, that's what you're kind of trending mm-hmm. towards, and that is what is coveted. Yep. Look – my buying habits are kind of set at this point. Yep. I'm in my 40s. You're mm-hmm. in your 60s. Your mm-hmm. buying habits are even more set. Well, I don't even rate anymore. It's 24 to 54 is right. the demo that everybody wants. That's what, that's what buyers look for when mm-hmm. they're buying radio or TV. It's men, 24 to 54. That's the most coveted demographic. If you win that demographic in your time slot, and if you're in radio, you're doing great. Absolutely. Um, you're doing great. I mean, um, and that, that's a sports talk radio mm-hmm. time slot that you would think that you would be able to. Look, there's more people listening down the hall to WHO, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not, not when it comes to 24 to 54 men. Right, they're, they're over here, and that's what uh, that's what ad agencies, that's what uh, businesses, what what they uh, search for in this market. So, uh, the game last night. Just real quick, one more on it. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, is it time, or do you or do you just let Pickett just watch for a while? Still, was it Trubisky's fault? Let me ask. That. I didn't think it was. I still think he's gun shy, and I think that goes back to Chicago, mm-hmm. as far as letting it rip, or right. or maybe, you know, t- t- tuck the ball and try and make a play. He's got good wheels. He does. He's athletic. Uh huh. He's just not a good quarterback. No, and and Cleveland's got a deep, a decent defense. They do. So you have obviously the long week here. You could do it now, leading mm-hmm. into a game against the Jets, a home game against the Jets. Pretty juicy matchup if you mm-hmm. go pick it. Their bye week, the Steelers doesn't come until week nine. Now, coming up, the schedule gets really difficult, though, and, and I think that also has to be a part of it. After that Jets game, they go to Buffalo, home for Tampa, mm. at Miami, Jeez. at Philadelphia. Yikes. That is before the bye week. So, sink or swim and just throw them out there? Or... No, I think you said for, when you put that put it that way, Trent, I think you keep them on the sidelines. Absolutely. And you wait till after the bye week yep. if indeed you're going to make a change. And who knows? Maybe Trubisky and company will turn it around. T.J. Watt is going to come back at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, where will they be uh, remains to be seen. Uh, the West, uh, West Virginia, did they wake up last night? Or is this just a bad Vodtech team? I think it's a bad Vodtech team. I, I don't want to read too much into... That one. It was a fun night and got what another defensive score out of West Virginia. They're they're making some plays out there. It's not going to be the easy out that maybe some people were anticipated that you just automatically mm-hmm. chalk it up. Can There's they, still talent on that team. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, that was one of my dark horses this offseason mm-hmm. leading up to it. In fact, I put my money where my mouth was and, and I thought that um you know this team's gonna win five and a half more game five and a, or go over five and a half. Uh certainly didn't look like that, but they got one last night when they uh, needed to. Baseball from last night. Really, um, 
Any anything that caught your eye? I mean, what what is wrong with this? Are the Twins going to win again? No, they they have completely cashed it in. It's over. They've quit, haven't they? It they seems like have. they have. I mean, the injuries caught up in a big time way. Uh, the other night, Celestino became the first player under Rocco to get benched. He made a mistake on a fly ball, arise trying to win the batting title. It was a sacrifice fly, an easy one. And he was just standing off a of third base, didn't mm. tag up, and mm. wasn't able to score a run. So it's an out as opposed to right. a sacrifice fly. And so he also made one other mistake, and Rocco finally said, enough's enough. And he got the it, He's not in trouble, is he, Baldelli, at the end of the year? Maybe. You think so? Because I don't think Falvey and Levine will be. I, I saw an interesting number. The six years of the Falvey-Levine re- regime here for the Twins, they have averaged 84 wins. They've made the playoffs three times out of six years. Mm-hmm. The previous six years... They average 70 wins and no playoff mm. appearances. So they have taken it up a level overall during that time. They're seventh in the American League in wins. They're okay. So, so I guess a little bit more time. You need, need to invest in pitching, though. The, this no, garbage bullpen back at back years now, yep. going to the scrap heap, it just doesn't work. Uh, over under our regional teams, and there was, what, five of you got to put the Brewers in there, the two in Chicago, two. There's more than that. Two in Chicago, um, the Brewers. The Cardinals, the Twins, the Royals. Did I miss anybody? You got the six. Over under two and a half managerial changes amongst our regional teams. Well, Cardinals, absolutely not. Correct. Ross is fine? Yes. Change with the White Sox. There's one. Council's fine. Is he? he? Doesn't he deserve They were in the NLCS last I know, year. I know, but doesn't he's been he there des- a long time. Yeah. I would say benefit for the doubt, but I'm mm-hmm. not watching it mm-hmm. game in and game out mm-hmm. and the frustrations that come with it. Matheny? These are... Yeah. He's got to start a new GM. I would say under, but it's going to be close. It's I a good it's number. it's going to be close. It's a really Two good number. Two and a half is a good yeah. number. Uh, because there's going to be one in Chicago. We're uh, south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced of that. I, I too. If indeed Baldelli falls, I think Matheny is gone. Um, there's nothing going on in Chicago. I mean, Marmol's done a hell of a job. Yes, he has. Louis, rather. Yeah. Marmol has done a hell of a job. We will talk college football when we come back. Bama Bob's going to slide on in here. We will go around a handful of games. How about the Kansas-Duke game sold out? That's eh, Good for them. Yes. wonder when the last time. Somebody tweeted that. Was it 2009 that I see? Is that what it was? Yeah. I, I remember seeing the same time. thing. It has been. Would you go to Kansas football? No, of course not. No, no, absolutely not. I'm not even sure I'd go tomorrow. Right. <laughs> if I was a hardcore. Um, yeah. It, now, next weekend, if Iowa State is there, is there a chance, Trent? Because yeah. we both thought that the right decision this week would have been, you know, Duke, Kansas. You wanna, if you want to scratch Lawrence Love off the list of schools that have never got game, they go there this week. Absolutely. How about next? If Iowa State takes care of business against Baylor and Kansas, who's favored by over a touchdown, mm-hmm. beats the Dukies. What about there? I mean, Alabama, Arkansas is big. That's huge, and it's also in Fayetteville, a place that they don't get very often. Uh-huh. I think that's the front runner. So if you want to see game day in Lawrence, but you're, you go to SC's, you're rooting for Texas A&M you, oh, you, to okay. beat Arkansas this week in Jerry World. But what about back-to-back SEC appearances for game day? Does that matter? Because they're in Knoxville. We're trending that direction anyway. Do you think so? Oh yeah, look at the TV deal. Well, that's true. Yeah. I get that. That's that's a very that's a good point. <laughs> that's coming. Uh-huh. If it's not here yet, you get NC State of Clemson. Be a Wake Forest fan this week Mm -hmm. to pull the upset against Clemson. Now, Baylor, Iowa State is on an ESPN. It's either going to be on the U or the Deuce, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously the Arkansas-Alabama game, I'm guessing, is ticketed for 230 CBS. You would think so, yeah. Absolutely. 
Let's see if that's actually been announced. I'm uh, looking here. Still TBD on that front. But you have Oklahoma State of Baylor. Baylor wins this weekend. Well, then, of course, we're kind of crossing it off. So mm-hmm. that's a different one. Obviously, Iowa State fans, yes, if you want to see him in Lawrence, root for your team this week. That will help getting a win. Uh, that obviously is it going to be? Is it going to be for the first time ever difficult for Iowa State fans to get tickets next week? Well, in comparison to what it normally is, absolutely. I mean, this you have is to pay a little bit more. Well, they probably just hand it to you, well, right? A couple of bucks, you're in the door in the absolutely. past. Absolutely. Uh, Bob next. Miller and Condon underway on a Friday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. 800 bets off. Now, back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. 1020, welcome back. Miller and Condon and Football Friday on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. As we do every Friday at this time, we preview the weekend slate of college football games from a national perspective. Bama Bob joins us. He'll be back with us on Monday at 11.05 to recap what we saw, but we're previewing today. Hello, Bama. How are you? Oh, looking forward to it, Ken. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I wish uh, that I got the Pac-12 network this weekend because there's a couple of games. I'd love to Don't see. Don't get me started. I'm with you. So oh, let's we got oh. we have to get started because we only have 23 minutes. Bama, just uh, Trent and I have talked about these these two games all week. Just your take, real quick, if you would. Uh, Baylor at Iowa State. Lots of to play for there, and of course, lots to play for yep. in the Big Ten as Iowa heads to Piscataway to take on Rutgers with a, a total of about 34. Yikes! Saw <laughs> that. Yeah. Your thoughts on those two, real quick, Bama? Well, uh, Baylor Iowa State. This is a good game. Um, I, I think. Listen, Iowa State's been off to a good start uh, with all the losses that they had. Uh, Baylor coming off a tough loss at BYU played well, um, but you know, just this, this, now now it's getting real. You know, basically, if you want to look at it, because I don't think either one of these teams, with a kind of a resurgent Texas and Oklahoma in there, Oklahoma State, um, K State you know, maybe. Game, yeah, I'm not sold on K State. I know we'll talk about them in a little bit, but you know, maybe they got a quarterback, maybe again. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think this is a game both teams really got to have if they want to be a contender. Now, look, it's the first game, so yeah, but it's head to head, Bama. It's head to head, and if, it, we, if it's as close as we think this conference right. is going to be, I agree with you. Absolutely. So this is one that if you lose, you're you're fighting uphill, and so I think it's a really big game. I like Iowa State. I think it's going to be a tight game. I mean, I know you guys have analyzed it and everything. I just like the Cyclones at home. I like what they've done rebounding, and not really a rebound, but, you know, losing all that talent that they had, kind of generational talent, what they've done this year. The Iowa-Rutgers game, to me, Ken, this is just one of those that just it has boring written all over it. I mean, I don't know how else you can look at it. When the total is 34 and you are and you might be leaning under, I mean, that just kind of tells you where it's at. Um, you know, neither defense has really given up a lot of points. But, listen, Rutgers, I don't think anybody saw 3-0 and coming from them. I know I didn't. Nope. Um, and Shiano knows what he's doing. This, I think this is a tough, this is kind of a trap game for Iowa. And I, and I don't mean trap by, oh, you know, they've it's sandwiched between two bigger games. It's just, Rutgers is just not sexy. I mean, let's just face it. They're just not a sexy opponent. But this is a tough trip going to New Jersey. Um, 
you know, Petrus, what's he going to be again? I mean, did they find anything last week against Nevada? I, that game was so choppy and all the delays and ended at one thirty. I mean, I just, I don't know how that's, I, I don't think that's going to have any effect on this one, but um, I think this is just a tough game for Iowa. And I think it's one they have, they must win this game. I think as bad as the West is going to be and as wide open as it is, I just don't know that you're going to be able to uh, win that division with a loss against Rutgers. So it just, it has boring written all over it. Um, I hope it's exciting for the fans that watch it, but uh, tough game for Iowa, but good start for Rutgers. Really good start. They're one of they're one of many 3-0 teams that nobody expected at this point. Indeed they are. So let's move on, and we'll talk about one of those right now. Uh, Kansas off to a remarkable start. So is Duke. Uh, and yeah. the game is sold out in Lawrence, which is, which is great love to it. see. I do too. Absolutely love it. Well, I talked last week. I'm like, man, I hope the fans get behind this team. And boy, it looks like they have. Indeed they have. And I think they'll be back next week when Iowa State pays a visit mm-hmm. as well as we move, as they move in. Or they played week two against West Virginia. So they've got a Big 12 game under their belt, but they'll yeah. get back to it in earnest next week. Trent, your thoughts uh, real quick. Uh, Duke and Kansas, do you have an opinion on this? Kansas, what, a seven and a half or so? point favorite. Yeah, it's a little bit scary to be laying that I'm kind of points you. with the Jayhawks, no matter how good they've been. And this Duke team has a win against Northwestern. Look, they haven't really been challenged outside of that. Temple's brutal and North Carolina A&T is a bad FCS team. But you kind of look at the numbers. Riley Leonard, he's been really good for them this year. Averaging uh, 275 yards passing per game. Five touchdowns against two picks. They can run it at least a little bit. They're going to spread it out here. And that Kansas defense, it's been a fun story. This is still a bad Kansas defense They, they are. they got a really good quarterback. Well, speaking of that, Daniels. I'm kind of talking myself what's the total in this game do you know offhand what it is i know it's seven and a half is the is the spread I bama don't your thoughts I'm, I'm gonna take a peek here maybe at this over yeah I, I think that the uh i think i thought it was in the 60s the the total but i could be wrong i did i did have kansas 64. down as a 64 seven, yeah go. as a seven point favorite and i found this nugget on espn last night and i couldn't believe it the first time in 13 years kansas has been favored over a power five team that's, that's wild i mean is that just crazy? Yeah. But you mentioned Jalen Daniels. He's the best player on the field. I know mm-hmm. Kansas's defense has, you know, they're, they've been leaky. But look, it's Kansas. They're, they're, you know, they're not Alabama or Georgia here. They're building something down there, and they kind of started last year, and they've continued it. And I think they're going to be four and zero when Iowa State comes in next week because I think they're going to. I think the crowd is going to give them energy. Think about it, guys. Any Kansas player that's been there for more than what two, three years, they've never played in front of a sellout that's at right. home ever. Yeah. I mean, what are they used to? Twenty, twenty-five thousand, and if the other team the shows other, up, yeah, the other team colors, right? Exactly. So I just think Daniels. He's the best player on the field. I say what you want. You win on the road at West Virginia and at Houston. They mm-hmm. won at Texas last year. This is a team that, for somehow, is figuring out how to win. And Lance you kind of them. Yeah, you're watching them kind of grow up in front of you. I love Kansas in this game. I don't know about the number. I'm with you. I'm a little bit afraid to to lay seven points with the Jayhawks. I don't care who they're playing. But I like them to win the game outright, and I think they're going to be 4-0 when Iowa State comes next week. And I think you're going to have another sellout. In Memorial Stadium, I mean, it's going to be great. I'm with you. We you, normally we're talking Duke and Kansas in March, and here we are in September. Right, love it. I, it's great for the sport. Fantastic, indeed it is, fellas. Uh, plug your nose. Let's go to the ACC. Clemson and Wake, Trent Condon. <laughs> so this is one you got to talk. Oh, about. absolutely. And Clemson, we're still waiting. You know what, what's going to happen now? Your guys' boy Klubnik, when he's come in, he's been brutal after that first game. Wait till this week. Uh huh. Wake Forest, though. 
As fun as this story has been and what Clawson's done rebuilding this program, his mesh offense has not worked well against Clemson and what they do defensively. You look historically, you look at overall, 13 straight wins by Clemson in this series. They have dominated here, even as Wake has got better the last couple of years. And because of that, I'm going to stay on that train. Give me Clemson mm-hmm. to cover. Uh, how about you, Bama? I'm with him. I, I, listen, I love Sam Hartman. I love what he's done. Clawson's done a remarkable job. We talked about what the coach of Kansas is doing. Well, Clawson is kind of there now. You know, Wake Forest is where Kansas wants to be right now. You know, good. Yeah. They, they found themselves yeah. a quarterback. They they won big last year. They've kind of continued it this year. But listen, this is the class of the conference. There's no question about it. I know they've struggled at quarterback. They got a lot of big questions. And and for Clemson, it's more of are they a playoff team? Are they a true playoff contender? And that's kind of where they're at. And that's where they've been the last several years under Dabo Sweeney. Listen, this is another game that the crowd's going to be fired up. I love it. You know, the game is, you know, in Winston-Salem. Think of all the places that are going to have sold-out crowds tomorrow Mm. that you're not used to. Uh, And and home support. It's going to be kind of like, you know, Purdue when Penn State came the first week. What a great crowd that was. But I'm with – listen – they got to win over Vanderbilt, who's a little bit better than people think, but that's about it when you really start to look at it. Um, I think it's just going to be tough. I think they're going to they're going to struggle. They've run the ball better this year, but who are they really running against? And man, Clemson is tough up front. And I just think you're right. I think they're going to shut down the running game. I think they're going to drive Hartman nuts. They're going to be able to lock down some receivers. And like you said, that mesh attack just hasn't worked against them. So I'm going to take Clemson. I would take them to cover. I just think they're – they're not getting enough credit for how good they are outside of the quarterback play, and that's really what's going to – that's the key to them getting into the playoff, the key to this game. I think they can handle Wake, even though it's on the road, and it'll be a tough – they'll be they'll be a fired-up crowd at least early in this game. All right, they'll be fired up in Knoxville, Florida, and Tennessee. Oh, Love this matchup. Uh, Anthony Richardson, Trench, remember after Labor Day, we reconvened on Tuesday. I had a spring in my step, baby. Oh, yeah. I got Richardson at 40-1 to one to win the Heisman. Probably get him 100-1 to one today. Maybe 200, yeah. and uh, as he still awaits his oh. first touchdown pass of the season at that ridiculous two-point conversion, of course, and that win against Utah. Hooker's a hell of a quarterback for Tennessee. Yes, he is. Are we sure that defense is ready for Tennessee, though, to win by double digits? No, the answer's no. Ten and a half's the number. I, I think there is too much Tennessee it's part love. of my picks, Trent. You're, you're going that I'm route. Going, I'm, taking, going with the Gators. I'm taking Florida I the think points. I'm leaning that direction with you. Bama? Yeah. I'm going the other way. Okay. I just think Tennessee is fired up. This, listen, when, when this, you're going to see the Tennessee and the fans who haven't seen it for a long, long time, okay, this is going to be the environment that you were used to back uh, in the spring. I miss those days. days. I miss those oh, days. Two thirty CBS. This was the game of the year in the SEC before it became Alabama, LSU, and now Alabama, Georgia, whatever. You know, thanks to the Tennessee River, the Volunteer Navy, a absolutely packed house game day there. First road game for Florida. They have not looked good, guys. After that Utah win, they lost to Kentucky. They they could have lost against South Florida. South Florida, you know, had a had a bad snap when they were going in for a winning touchdown, and the holder dropped a tying field goal attempt. They kind of escaped the swamp last week. Again, Richardson has just has not been good. Uh-huh. Hooker has been good. And I think Tennessee's defense is going to be fired up. I know they've got some holes, but they've gone on the road to win at Pitt. They have absolutely annihilated the other two teams that they have played, Ball State, and I don't even know who they blew out last week, but they're beating the teams that they just – and they're beating them handily. So, listen, I think Florida is in for a really tough game tomorrow. And 
this this is important. I mean, if Florida doesn't win tomorrow, they're pretty much done in the East because that's two losses. And yeah, Kentucky's already beat them. Yeah, and that's that's Georgia ain't losing too. Okay, no, so no. I mean somebody might be able to pick them off somewhere, but I don't know that they're they're not losing too. Much bigger game for Florida, but man, you're going to see an environment. This is the Tennessee environment that folks, you know, fifteen twenty years ago were used to, making it a tough place to play. And another thing. Guys, nobody on this floor, I don't think anybody on this Tennessee roster has ever beaten Florida. They've won five straight and 16 out of 17 in the series. That stops tomorrow, and I think it stops big. Interesting. Well, uh, that's where I'll be tomorrow at 2.30 in the afternoon back on CBS. All right, let's move on. Let's go to the Big Ten, Trent. Um, uh, Minnesota, a tricky spot. West versus East. Gophers, you know, in some people's mind, are the uh, the team to beat uh, in the West. Sparty. I don't know. They got crushed last week. That's a tough trip going to the Pac-12, though. Your thoughts on this one? Michigan State bounce back? We're going to have more on this game coming ah. up at 11.50. I love Mel Tucker, though, saying, right now, I'm a horse-blank football coach. That's what he said. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on this, Bama? Uh, this is going to be a slugfest, I think. I watched a lot of that Washington-Michigan uh, State game. Listen, Thorne came on late, and I think they found themselves a little receiver. Um, but look, I mean, Ibrahim is, a, is he's, again, he's the best player on the field. But Michigan State's not bad against the run. Now, you know, Penix just lit him up last week for over, almost 400 yards and, I, I don't know, four or five touchdowns, whatever it was. So I don't know that, that they're going to face that kind of quarterback play this week or certainly not, you know, receiver play. But, this, listen, this is just, about, to me, Big Ten slugfest. I don't really have a feel for how they're going to win. It's, it's just a tough – this is a game that Mel Tucker's got to get them – to say, listen, last week it is what it is. We didn't play a good game. We went out. It was a non-conference game. We're back at home. Again, I think there'll be a big crowd fired up. If you make me pick, I'm going to pick Minnesota. I might grab the points. I just think this has got, you know, this this is a one- or two-point game. Could be overtime, which could hurt you with the spread, obviously. Um, but, listen, I, I think Ibrahim, again, best best player on the field. But a decent – what Mel Tucker likes to do is run the ball, stop the run. That's got, that's his type of that's his mo, and I just think you're not going to see a shootout. I think it's going to be a fun game, a good just old fashioned Big Ten game against two pretty evenly matched teams. I'm leaning Gophers, but really not enough to put anything on it. Uh, before we move on, I'm watching ESPN. There's no sound in here. This mm-hmm. Yudoka suspended for the year press conference has now been going on live for 35 minutes really? about suspending a coach for having. There's yeah. got to be more to this story. It feels There's like. way more to it, Ken. It has yeah. to be right. I, yeah, and I watch a Boston sports show kind of in the afternoons during lunch, and uh, the, there's way more to it than just you know an office romance if you want to look yeah. at it that way for and it can get really sorted if you want it to but uh and it's an open suspension they're suspending for a year and then we'll reevaluate huh. okay so something's going on there is somebody didn't consent to something um so or i i don't know what it is and you know it'll come out eventually but um Ooh. they had to do it now because the media de- you know training camp starts tuesday and media availability for coaches is monday so you got to explain why your coach isn't there <laughs> so this one. i think this is something that they've known is coming for a while they've been trying to spin it but man they've they what they've done is 
by letting it hang, go on so long is they put hung a lot of people in that office out to dry. You know who well, who was it? Who was he? You know with yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And well, Brad they Stevens really bungled it. They have the Brad Stevens, one of the owners, and going to thirty five minutes live on ESPN. Let's yeah. get back to football. Let's go. Yeah. Let's stay in the Big Ten, Trent. Let's we'll come back. We'll come back to the uh, uh, USC Oregon State game. Let, okay. Let's uh, let's go Wisconsin Ohio State. It's number seventeen. Wisconsin. They were better last week. Mertz's numbers are ticking up. They are. What does that mean? They got they got a chance to keep this close. Do we, they? I think so. That defense is still elite. Yeah. Mertz is adequate. What do we hear the numbers? If he completes sixty percent of his passes, they're undefeated in mm. the career for Graham Mertz. I think we heard that earlier in the week. He's not great. We get that. But this Ohio State team, without Smith and Jigba, they have not been the same no, offensively. No. I know that when they put up 77 a week ago, if that was against Toledo. This is a real defense here. I, the number's up to 19. I, I'm going to grab those points I there. Give me the 17 at DraftKings just when I looked before the show. Yeah, it's, it's 19. I'm going to look across the board here because I saw a couple of places earlier. It's a big, big number. Regardless of that, even at 17, 17 and a half, I think I'd jump aboard. Wisconsin historically has also played much better against Ohio State, kind of in that looking at the top tier. Yeah, give me Bucky this weekend to keep it relatively snug. All right. Uh, you know what? I didn't use that game, so I'm thinking about Michigan-Maryland to 17. My, yeah, 19 my, my and a half at Circa right now, 19 at Westgate, 18 and a half at South Point, 19 and a half at DraftKings. Jeez. They're begging you to take the Badgers, Trent. <laughs> I mean, it's what they're doing. What are you going to do, I Bama? Mean, How do you see it? Uh, I'm staying away from this. I think I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think it's going to be competitive. I don't think Wisconsin really keeps it that close. I, you mentioned uh, you know Smith and Jigbo. They, they really have not been the same without him. But, look, they still got the best quarterback. I mean, the quarterback play in this, you know, the right. it's just the disparity is going to be incredible. And then I think, you know, Henderson with, you know, running the ball. I just I know their defense is stout. Just I think way too many playmakers. They're, Ohio State's going to have to help them. I think to keep it close. I'm I'm not going to really. It wouldn't surprise me if if it gets you know to three touchdowns. But you know then you a backdoor cover or whatever. So I'm staying away from the from the points and the total. I just think Ohio State's that much better. Listen, Wisconsin lost at Washington State. Okay, not home so to Washington to, State. At home, you're right. At home to Washington State. So I don't know how they're going to go on the road in Columbus and win, but or, or even keep it close. So I just think I think this is when Ohio State kind of starts to flex their muscles a little bit. They kind of you know putzed around with Notre Dame early. Uh, I and you know you mentioned who cares about last week that that game was irrelevant. On, why it was on ABC or Fox or whatever it was, I have no idea. This one's on ABC at night. I just think I just think this is a route. For Ohio State, but I'm staying away from the points because it's getting too much for me. At 17, 16 and a half, I would probably take it. When you're getting into 19, maybe even go to 20 by the time the kickoff, I'm staying away. But I think Ohio State rolls. Mm. K State, Oklahoma, stay in prime time. Trent, uh, K State was upset last week. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma fell fell down to uh, to Nebraska and then just woo, get out of our way. Just took over in that football game. Um, barometer game maybe for K State. Do they yeah. belong with the upper echelon? Was the hype surrounding this team preseason hype? Is it legit? Your thoughts. More on this coming up at eleven. Wow, you like a lot of college games this week, <laughs> Bama, yeah. uh, Oklahoma. Look, they got my attention. Yeah. They really do. I didn't. I thought that you know that maybe we didn't know about Venables and the new staff and the new quarterback and blah blah blah. They look good, but they look good against Nebraska. So did Northwestern. <laughs> Leave it at that. Yeah. Your thoughts? No, uh, I like Oklahoma in this one. I will be. I will be playing this game. I will be laying the twelve and a half, and I will have. 
uh, you know, for me, a significant amount of money on it. I just, I, listen, Adrian Martinez showed me, I think, what he was last week. Just didn't do much. Nope. Tulane, too, too Ken. And I know this is, okay, Tulane's 3-0, fine, whatever. Tulane, okay? Yeah. Now they're going on the road to Norman. I like Kleiman. I like what he's done. Martinez, I've always liked him. He just can't. In a big spot, you can't trust him. I saw Oklahoma. I know Nebraska was was a little bit. They got a little bit of a juice last week with the coaching change and then the early touchdown. And then Oklahoma just said, like you said, get out of our way. I think they do that from the start. This is a game typically where Kansas State. I'll be honest with you know we've seen it over the years. They go in, they keep it close. They're a pest. They know how to bleed clock, make it ugly, field position, that kind of thing. I I just like Oklahoma. I like what I saw last week, even though it was Nebraska. I just think, listen, Adrian Martinez, again, uh, they've seen this kid. They know what to do with him. I like what Venables can scheme up to stop him. I, I like OU big at home, and I'm going to be laying those 12 and a half. All right, fellas, let's get to this one. We're 11 schools because UCLA fans certainly aren't rooting for USC. <laughs> Everybody yeah. that follows the team in the Pac-12 will be rooting like hell for those Beavers this weekend as they uh, host USC. Trent, this got a really a ch- I think it's got a chance to be a good game. Sadly, we won't see a freaking play. Well, you can illegally if you're uh, a DirecTV customer or if you have something else, you can get it. But I'll find a way to watch this game. I'm just intrigued by it. Uh, USC has been the luckiest team. In the country, red zone turnovers, Mm -hmm. forcing turnovers, haven't turned it over themselves. Look, this offense is elite, but the defense is not very good. Going to Corvallis. And they just lost one of their defensive linemen for the year, too, USC. A tough place to play, just kind of one of those weird, wacky, nice, weird things happen. I definitely like the Beavers. I'm leaning that direction. I I will have a play. I know on Oregon State, the total up at 70, unders usually when it gets up that high are a good play. We'll see about that, but I, I think the luck comes to a close here in USC. is going to be pushed at least a little bit. Well, I hope so. Uh, Bama, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, how about the total being double of what Iowa and Rutgers are? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I'll tell you what's something right there. But uh, listen, this is the best game you're not going to be able to watch. Trent, you're going to have to text me, tell me how to watch it, mm-hmm. or I'm going to go to a sports bar or something, because this is the best... This is one of my top two or three games that I want to see. Yeah, and like you said, Pac-12 Network, not on DirecTV. Uh, you just, I mean, listen, we'll see We'll see where it goes. Um, but I, I like USC. I understand that they've been lucky. The defense is not elite. Uh, but the quarterback play is, Lincoln Riley is, um, listen, I remember, I don't know what it's been now, over a decade ago, probably longer than that, when, when you know, the, the Pete Carroll USC team went to Corvallis and lost just a shocking manner uh, at night. So, uh, listen, th- you're right. This is one of those games that is typically tougher than you think. And, sadly, uh, this may be probably the last time that they get to see USC in Corvallis. Mm. Uh, you know, it's true. to the Big Ten. But yep. I just – I am I think the last number I saw was six. If it, if it stays under a touchdown like that, I'm taking USC. I think – you're right. They haven't turned it over. They forced turnovers. I don't know if that's luck or not. I just think that's, you know, that's maybe, you know, call it good fortune, call it luck, call it whatever you want, call it good coaching, call it discipline, whatever. I like USC in the game. I think it will be fun. I don't think it gets out of hand. They did struggle a little bit against Stanford on the road. Still a team learning how to win. They got a long way to go. Uh, but again, Lincoln Riley, I think within two or three years, we're going to talk about an absolute elite team. At or at USC, we're not there yet, 
but I think it's enough to cover the six against Oregon State, even though it's on the road, and it's going to be a fun game. Indeed it is, and where will that uh, elite team fit as far as pecking order in the Big Ten as they get set to come over here? Well, it's right. interesting. Real quick, let's before we get to our sneaky good game, Trent, give me a minute uh, in Bama on, uh, on an SEC West tilt. Uh, A&M, Arkansas, in Jerry World, that's where the game's played every year. Um, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Trent. You know, it's interesting with now Max Johnson being in there as a lefty quarterback. Their left tackle was like rated as the worst in, in the SEC. Well, now the left tackle is not as important right. with a left-handed quarterback. I don't know if that means anything. It probably doesn't here. Arkansas, maybe a little look ahead last week. Missouri State, obviously they were revved up with Petrino there. Ultimately, this, this feels like a coin flip. I, I'm not certainly going to bet this game. You can talk me into either side pretty easily. Uh, Bama, what about you? Have you had an opinion on this? Same thing. I mean, K.J. Jefferson, uh, you know, listen, Mac jo- Max Johnson, Brad's son, played, he played pretty well last week. I mean, by pretty well, I mean he didn't you know, he didn't cost him the game. He was only 10 of 20 for 140 yards and a touchdown against, you know, a decent Miami team. Not great. But, uh, listen, I think the key is going to be Aeneas Smith, Aeneas Smith. I mean, he's, he's their game breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love K.J. Jefferson for Arkansas, and you're right. I mean, I'm sitting there watching that score last week against – Petrino, and I'm just like, okay, what's going on here? What's going on? Took him a while, pulled away late, but I think there was a lot of emotion around that game that's not going to be in this one. I can't stand that they play this at a neutral site. I just don't like these neutral site conference games, but it is what it is. Um, it'll be packed, 90,000. Um, again, like Trent said, talk me into either side. If you make me pick, I'm probably going to take Arkansas. Arkansas is ranked number 10 as a two-point dog. So, I mean, against a team that lost to Appalachian State and with spotty quarterback play. I think Jefferson plays big. A&M's defense pretty good, and they have a real playmaker on the field. So I think it's going to be a fun game, a game Sam Pittman really wants, I think, uh, to kind of kickstart their season because it gets real for them pretty quick. they got Alabama next week. Yeesh, uh, Trent, for 30 seconds, sneaky game of the week is? Uh, Washington State, Oregon. Not bad. Ah! That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you were going there, Bama. Same one. Yeah. Oregon, Washington State. Bo, you know, is he good Bo? Is he bad Bo? How many times are they going to make him throw it? That's we just it. 18 times last week. Can you trust him two weeks game. in a row, Bama? Can you trust him two well, weeks in a row? if he only throws 20 passes, yes. If if Washington State <laughs> makes him throw it 35 or 40, he's going to throw two or three to them. So I th- that's my sneaky good one. And, you know, I, I, there's a couple other ones, but that's just the one I settled on. All right. I, I, I thought we would, uh, before the season, I thought Notre Dame, North Carolina would be on our slate of games to talk about this week. It's not, so maybe I'll put that in there. We're uh, we're late. We're um, We've gone too far. Shocking. Yeah, we'll talk to you on Monday, Bam. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. Take care, guys. Always enjoy it. Yeah, good to, uh, good to talk to you. Bama Bobs, we go around college football. Chris Williams on Iowa State. Baylor, uh, he's next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3. Oh, Des Moines. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KX and no Baylor, Iowa State. I think the average point differential between these two schools in the last three years is like one and a half. Oh, these been games, games are close. Yeah. Uh, Chris Williams joins us. Iowa everywhere, Cyclone fanatic. He's with us. Hello, Chris. Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? We're doing very well, gentlemen. Uh, this big be... game today. Or big game tomorrow. I'll is. say. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Lots on the, lot, the big stakes, no doubt about it. And this game's been close the last three years. Point, two points have uh, been the difference in this football game. When you watch Baylor, and and, um, and I only saw them against BYU, I mean, Shapin gets your attention, the freshman running back, Reese. Um, what what your thoughts on this year's Baylor team? As good as last year, Chris? I don't think so. And, I, I you know, we got to admit when we're wrong. 
I had them winning the Big Twelve on my preseason ballot. I don't As did think I. after Yeah, I don't think I would do that if I if I got another crack at it. I think Oklahoma's considerably more balanced than they have been, right, with Venables and they're mm-hmm. actually playing defense and they may not have as much pop on offense, but I when you actually can get a stop it, you know, you don't have to score every time you have the ball. Um in Baylor, yeah, I just really good running game. Good up front. Sounds like they may have a significant injury on the offensive line tomorrow, so that's good if you're Iowa State. But I just, I don't know, I don't I don't feel it with them this year. I'm wondering if they weren't the team last year that got a lot of close games and good breaks, right? And that stuff generally comes back around. Um, Iowa State, on the other hand, lost a lot of close games last year, right? And it's just kind of how the way college football goes. But I listen, they're really good. They're still an eight-win team, probably at the maybe at the worst. Um, but I, I think Shapen's got a little ways to go, um, and I, I wondered too about their defense. I just it's not fair. I was talking to some Baylor guys. They're pretty concerned about their secondary in this matchup tomorrow, and I think that they, you know, the reason these games are so close is because these two programs are built so similarly with Matt Rule and Matt Campbell, and now Dave Aranda is like a clone to Matt Campbell too, right? They're all really similar. To think that anything that tomorrow will be anything but a really close game, I believe, would be very foolish. The power ratings believe that. Uh, you know, every every um, football guy you talk to thinks this will be a good one, and I do too. But again, I just don't think they're the class of the field in the Big Twelve, based on what we've seen. You know, it's so difficult too to get a read. Of course, we saw that game against BYU. It was a coin flip game. It went BYU's way, but the other two opponents, being Texas State and Albany. You look at their overall team statistic, the profile, it's just, it's hard to read a whole lot into the Baylor numbers right now just because of the level of competition. Same thing for Iowa State. We know about, obviously, Iowa's limitations. SEMO was yeah. okay. And then last week, what we saw out of them, where do you feel? They're 3-0, which is great, but where are we with this Iowa State team? We, what do we really know at this point? Well, uh, okay, so looking ahead to tomorrow specifically, and then I'll go macro. Tomorrow, I'm they got to prove to me that they can stop a really good running attack, right? And they're going to face one. Yep. Yeah, they're going to get one, and, you know, they got, they've been really good on defense this far, but I, I throw the Iowa game out. Like, it, it, they were so bad. I don't think you can take a whole lot from it. Great game plan. You know, we talked about this last week. They did what they had to do to win. Um, and then you had a bad FCS team. And, listen, Ohio was the best offense that they had seen mm-hmm. so far this year, and they, they manhandled them. So, I want to see how that front seven does against a really good running attack. Baylor leads the country in touchdowns on the ground, 14th. This will be a great test for the Iowa State Cyclones without a pro like Inu Wazirike in the middle. Now, those guys have done really good. MJ Anderson and Isaiah Lee, I think they're more Mm -hmm. than capable. Let's see how those linebackers do against Big 12 speed, right? Like, there's some question marks there. With Iowa State, I mean, listen – I think it's the similar conversation to a lot of teams in the Big 12. Like, this is going to be a league where there's not going to be a league in college football with more one-possession games than the Big 12 this year. There, there's no bad team now. You know, Kansas no. is, is – like, is Texas Tech the worst team? If that's the case, they beat Houston, right? And they gave NC State a game last week, even though they kind of let it get away. They're not bad. <laughs> you know, West Virginia – we thought was probably the worst team. They go on the road and beat a, albeit a bad ACC team, but it was a decent win last night. So I just think 
I'm cautiously optimistic that Iowa State could win nine games this year. But I also know that if that happens, it's going to be a lot of really tight games in the fourth quarter. Is your special teams good enough? Can you hold on to the football? You know, those margin-type deals. And that's that's what it'll come down to. Like I, I think that you could be really optimistic that Iowa State could win nine or ten games, but that same team, if things don't go exactly to plan, could probably win seven too. Right? I just I think that's where we're at. Uh, where are they with uh, Hunter Deckers? Obviously, they've got to be pleased with what they've seen, but yet there's some things still to work out. Right? Uh, turnovers. I'm not saying they're an issue. I mean, this we, we forget that this is his first year as a starter. But clean that up, Chris, and that goes to that margin of error that you're referring to. Yeah, and I, I'm anxious to see tomorrow, too. I mean, he listen, he played pretty damn good against Iowa, right? Like, I know they only scored 10 points, but they had 313 yards. Like, they moved the ball on Iowa. Now, they had bad mistakes. Can't fumble on the one-yard line, Hunter mm-hmm. through some picks. I do think that there were a couple throws last week that against a good defense probably gets picked off. So, again, I think it's a challenge tomorrow where we're just going to learn more. But as far as Hunter goes, man, like what what more could he have done uh, in the first three games to, if you're an Iowa State fan, to have a lot of confidence in him, right? Like he has been what was advertised and maybe a little bit more. The thing I just love about him is his command. Like you just you watch him, some guys have it. Brock did when he came in as a freshman. You could just tell, felt different than when Kyle Kemp was in there. Nothing against Kyle Kemp. More of a <laughs> alpha versus a beta type thing. Hunter Deckers is an alpha. And we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, he. I don't know what he could have done more. I, I think that he's been as good as advertised, probably a little bit better in my mind. Final minute, picks for the week. I jumped aboard with you first quarter with Bama. Love that one. What do you got for us yeah. this week? Locks of the week. <laughs> so... This is I hate this week, to be honest with you. I've had a really good year. I just feel like this is the week where we're all overconfident because we think we know these teams better mm-hmm. than we do. And then you get into conference play where these coaches know each other and things can get really weird. So I only had two this week, and honestly, it was more for the content than like, oh, I love this play. <laughs> like the honesty. <laughs> I, went, yeah. I went North Carolina. I got them at one and a half over Notre Dame. I don't I'm not Notre Dame should be zero and four if we're being honest. You know that place is going to be on fire in mm-hmm. Chapel Hill. And then my other one is I, I think TCU is better than most people think, based on my sources in the Big Twelve. They really like TCU. Listen, I, I know it's a good story. I just I think going across town, there's going to be a lot of TCU fans there too. It's sold out. I've got them beating SMU. I, I think I got that game at one and a half as well. Those are my two biggest plays. But again, like I'm not crazy confident about anything this week. Iowa everywhere and Cyclone Fanatic, where you can see and read and listen to our friend Chris Williams. Chris, uh, enjoy the weekend, Chris. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, fellas. Yep, good Appreciate to talk you to guys. you. Take care. Chris Williams, uh, as we take a look at Iowa State. Do you like any of those plays? You do? Uh, the Carolina one. Yeah. It almost feels too easy, doesn't it? That's the only problem with that I never one. even looked at TCU-SMU. No. I never did. Playing for the skillet. A lot of stakes. Uh, off to Vegas we shall go. Mike Palm joins us next. Miller and Condon, 106.9.